Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. I apologize for not uploading an episode on Sunday. We are here Thursday, hanging out on a Thursday, we say in Baltimore. Thursday, going down there on Thursday afternoon. Anyway, uh, power went out, storm came through. Uh, It was just a complete shit show. Uh, As the schedule started earlier in the week, things got a little chaotic. So finally, here I am Thursday, regardless of what day it is. All that matters is I'm here, you're here, we're here together to talk about demos, greatest team in baseball. Hell yeah! Of course, want to hear from you. Also, uh, reminding you, if you want to be part of the drawing, $50 gift card, Orioles.com, hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. As always, hit me up on Twitter, at fullcountchaos, where during the game, we talk about our feelings. We help each other through rough times, and we share the happy moments during the good times. So head over there, fullcountchaos.com. On Twitter, a lot to get to today. I have some emails I need to get to uh, from the prior two weeks ago, following up to last week that I didn't get to. Had Paul Valley on the show last week. Want to thank him. Always have fun talking sports with Paul. And of course, in just a minute here, talk about Michael Elias and the trade. Jack Flaherty, I'm sure you've heard about. Um, what was it? Three minutes leading up to the deadline, six o'clock. We're pacing back and forth going, what the hell is going on, Mike? What are you doing over there? You blew it! I know some of you try to call the Orioles customer service line. Yeah, hi. Uh, this is Mike's brother, Jim Elias. <laughs> Crazy story. I lost his number. I just need it right now. I, I got to call his personal cell. Uh, I got to talk to him about something. Obviously getting hung up on quickly because we all wanted to know what's going on here, Mike. We need some help. Now's the time. So, of course, I want to hear what's on your mind pertaining to the only move that Michael Elias did, picking up Jack Flaherty. So I want to get to that. Uh, before we get moving here, I do want to thank Mark over at Baseball Biz Podcast for having me on. Every time I, I go on podcast, I'm a guest. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here. You know what? When the interview is over, I'm like, I think I gave the wrong name, the wrong time, the wrong stat. I'm like, oh, my God, what a shit show. But no, I always have fun over there on that podcast. Again, Baseball Biz, B-I-Z-Z, great podcast. He talks all baseball. So if you're curious of a lot of these trades throughout the leagues of what happened, I'm sure he went over it. Baseball Biz, B-I-Z-Z. Go on over and Google it. That's all you need to do. How do I find the podcast? Just Google it. So go ahead and Google Baseball Biz. Yeah, uh, earlier, or was it yesterday? It was yesterday afternoon. (laughs) I have, uh, it's funny, the Orioles... Obviously, one of the best teams in baseball right now. And I've been hearing from people in the past couple weeks that I haven't heard from in three, four years. When the Orioles are doing well, the wagon fills up quickly. I've given many examples in the past few months of how everyone's joining in on the Orioles fun. But now I heard (laughs) somebody I haven't talked to. I'm not kidding. In like three and a half years. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? And all of a sudden, he's... Hey, this is the uh, new Orioles uh, text line. 
uh, group text, text line. And I'm like, wait a minute, who the fuck is this? It's like, oh yeah, that's right. You're the guy who wore nothing but Ravens and Eagles gear during baseball season. Ravens and Eagles. Fuck out of here. But yeah, I've got a lot of texts, starting oral group texts of, I'm not kidding, people I haven't heard from for a while. And I, I think it's great. People are getting excited and yay, the Orioles are doing well, but it still cracks me up. It's like, man, I've been trying to talk baseball with you for years and you don't respond to my text or you just say, fuck the Orioles and move on. Now all of a sudden it's like, hey, Bob here, uh, starting a group text, are you? Well, take me off it. <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't be so bitter about people getting excited about the Orioles, but I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Let's get right to it. Jack Flaherty, welcome to the Baltimore Orioles. Congratulations and celebrations. I just don't know what to say about the move or the moves that didn't happen uh, that Elias and the boys we all thought were going to do. Now, Jack Flaherty, I'm happy about the move. I don't hate it. 27-year-old pitcher from St. Louis. Uh, look, back in 2019, he threw more than 190 innings when he finished fourth in National League Cy Young award voting. So the guy's not a scrub. He's a great pitcher. Right now, he's got a 443 ERA, 7-6 and six with a 155 whip. Look, he's coming on to help. He's still only 27. He's been pitching in the league for some years now. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's going to help. He's going to help out the Orioles and continue to be successful. I have no problem about that. Jack Flaherty, of course, says he's very excited. Very excited coming out on the Orioles. He said the Orioles' best team in baseball, what they've done this whole season is very impressive, though. I don't think I've ever heard a player say the opposite. You know, how do you feel about trading? Ah, fuck this. Never wanted to be on this shitbag team. Who cares they're in first place? They suck. You know what I mean? I've heard players in interviews disappointed that they're being traded, that they're leaving the team that they're on. But I don't think I've ever heard anyone be like, oh, man, got traded to this terrible team. Great. Now, did, did Elias do enough? No, of course not. But what, what was enough? You know, we're all like, we need a reliever. We need a starter. We need a bat. I really wanted a reliever arm, maybe even two. Uh, if they didn't get a starter, would have still been a little iffy on that. But number one on the list was a reliever. Now, again, I'm still happy with what they got. Jack Flaherty, great pitcher. I'm not mad about that. I just was hoping Elias did more. And we don't know what the other teams are asking for. And Elias said uh, yesterday that you can request any player you want, but what they want you to give up, it's a whole different conversation, obviously. And we don't know what the other teams are asking for. They could have been asking for Holiday. Obviously, he was off limits. Elias did say that he had players that were off limits and weren't part of the discussion. And I'm sure some teams are like, come on, Mike. We know how stacked you are down on the farm. Give us the goods, you stingy bitch. Orioles have the best farm system in baseball. So these teams knew who they were dealing with. And again, like Elias says, you can request any player you want. Doesn't mean that things are going to work out. Now, I do still think it's a little concerning that Bradish is still being voted for in the conversations that I'm hearing and seeing to be the, uh, the game one pitcher, pitcher for game one for playoffs, even after the Orioles pick up a pitcher. Elias did not want to give 
up much during his first selling season. That's obvious. But on the other hand, I mean, you work so hard to save your money to buy a car, the example I'm giving. You know, four years of saving up your money, working hard, doing everything you can to get that car you want. And the time finally comes, and what happens? Well, I, you know, geez, I, I don't, I don't want to spend all this money. You know, I, I, maybe I'll just look, you know, let, let me look at your Toyota Corolla. Let, let me see that. No, come on. You've worked so hard to get to this moment, and you want to buy your dream car. Spend the goddamn money. Elias is being criticized for being too soft with this opportunity. I'm kind of on the fence. I can't say, yeah, God damn it, Mike, you could have gotten this guy and you could have gotten that guy. And you only got a starter when we know we need a relief. Cause I don't know what the teams were asking for. And you, but you can't depend on these prospects to always work out. That's my only criticism towards Elias right now. Again, I don't know what these teams were asking for. They could have been asking for Holiday, all of them. And, of course, hell no. No rental was worth giving up Holiday. Absolutely fucking not. And I hope if they were asking for that, Michael Elias literally said the words, go fuck yourself. But when he's talking about there's, you know, a list of guys that were off limits, I guess that was a tad bit concerning because you can't count on all your prospects to work out. Shit happens. They could come up in the majors and just completely shit the bed and be terrible. And also, you just never know what happens in sports. Look, the Orioles, and I hate to throw a dark cloud over everything, they could be the worst team in baseball in the next three years due to injuries, things just not working out, uh, the team, whatever kind of problems they're having. Shit happens in sports. We all know that. You got to go with now. And, but at the same time, I understand Elias not just wanting to dump out all these prospects for a rental. But it's weird because in the same argument, I'm like, well, these, these chances come around like one in a million, it feels like, being an Orioles fan. And I know the Orioles are going to be doing well in the next few years. I'm not saying that, uh, oh, my God, this might be it. I'm just saying you don't know what's going to happen. And if in the next couple of years and the Orioles, for some reason, shit the bed, we're all going to be going, God damn it. 2023 was the season. You got to strike while the iron is hot. And I just hope Elias didn't get too soft and worry too much about giving away these guys because he even said in an interview, I just didn't want to give away years and years and years of talent. At the same time, you can't always count on them working out. But picking up Jack Flaherty, I'm okay with. Of course, the trade, uh, we gave away Cesar Prieto, Drew Rahm, and Zach Showalter. I don't hate it. I'm sure Jack Flaherty is going to help out the Orioles, and he's going to do well. I just really <laughs> wanted a reliever, and especially Wednesday night, Fuji comes out. Oh, my God. Boy, you want to talk about just falling apart. <laughs> he walks a guy, walks bases loaded, hits the next two batters. <laughs> Boy. That escalated quickly. And, of course, every time a pitcher is completely just bombing and pissing all over the mound, they zoom in on Brandon Hyde sitting there in the dugout. He's probably sitting there going, God damn, Mike, you could have gotten one more reliever, but now we're going to be counting on guys like Perez. I think Fuji's going to figure, figure it out. Guy's got filthy stuff. And, the, and the, over the weekend, this past weekend, he looked pretty good. He looked like he got his shit together. 102 mile an hour with a 90 mile an hour splitter. 
That's filthy shit. Don't you stand there and judge me. Anyway, bottom line is the Orioles are the best team in ba- one of the best teams in baseball right now. They're 66 and 42, game and a half up against the Rays. Uh, these past this past week, it seems like every time the Orioles won, the Rays won, and vice versa. So the Orioles lost Wednesday night against the Blue Jays. The Rays lost to the Yankees, and I just feel icky rooting for the Yankees. Ugh. You know, I, I saw on Twitter that the uh, Yankees tied up two to two. I got excited, and I I kind of gagged a little bit. I started dry heaving, <laughs> rooting for the Yankees. But you have to. Fuck it. The Yankees are in last place. I'm pretty sure they're done. They they see the Astros after the Rays, and if the Astros beat them up, even sweep them, I think the Yankees are done. Put a fork in them. Fuck them. But with Jack Flaherty coming on board and then seeing Grayson the way that he pitched Wednesday night, oh, man, there's always a pitcher on a team that never gets any run support, even pitching great night after night, and it seems like right now in the past few outings, Grayson is that pitcher. He leaves the game when it was one-to-one, just had filthy stuff, throwing 100 on the corner, uh, throwing down and away, fading change-ups, falling out of their shoes, trying to swing and hit it. I mean, if Grayson continues to, to pitch like he's pitching now and Jack Flaherty comes on board and Bradish continues to do what he's doing, hey, let's go. I've got balls of steel. Just makes me a little nervous in the bullpen. When even Cano right now, poor guy, you feel like his arm's about to fall off, and the league has seen him a lot lately. And he's been giving up base hits, home runs, doubles, triples. You're not used to this. I mean, right now it's it's kind of worrisome because you feel Bautista is the only guy in the bullpen you can really count on. My God, in his last 24 appearances, he's pitched 27 two-third innings and has allowed one run. Oh, boy. The Orioles are having fun with consecutive series without being swept. Saw this fun stat. 1942 to 1944, the Cardinals, 125 series. Then you have the 1903. Then you have 1903 to 05, Giants, 106. Then you have 1922 to 1924, the Yankees, 83. And then next in line, there it is. 2022 to 2023, Orioles, 74. So that's a fun stat. So boy, oh boy, is this going to be fun. Coming up in the next couple months, wrapping up the season, can the Orioles continue to hold first place? And if not, at least just make the goddamn playoffs. Do what you can do. And it just has that feel. Even if they do win the division or however it works out, they're still going to wind up playing one of the teams in the division. Oh, boy. Regardless, who cares? Stop looking at the glass half full, Nate. Having fun here. All right, want to get some emails after that also. I I just got to say this, get it out of the way. Mateo needs to go. Okay, goodbye. He really has got to go. It almost feels like that Chris Davis vibe, obviously minus the contract. Although I think we kind of knew when we were all going, how the hell is Chris Davis? Why is he still in the lineup? Well, it's because he was getting a shit ton of money. With Mateo? What the fuck is happening here? Why is Mateo still playing for the Baltimore Orioles? I mean, on Wednesday night, there was a ground ball. I think it was like 20 miles per hour rolled to him, and he bobbled it. He's not hitting. He's not stealing bases. Like Jim Palmer says, you can't steal first base. You got Joey Ortiz, who I thought was a trade piece. I thought he was going to be one of the guys that were, was going to go in a trade 
But Joey Ortiz is still in the Orioles organization. There is no reason Mateo should be playing for the Orioles right now. It's not even a joke. You got Joey Ortiz batting 358 with a 989 OPS after 243 at-bats this season. He's got a great arm. He's a great defender. He plays shortstop. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Mateo, whatever he's got the yips or whatever he's having, he's struggling with, he's got to go. He, he Just come on, enough already. It's not like the Chris Davis situation where he's getting paid a shit ton of money, although it just has that Chris Davis vibe of us all scratching our heads going, this makes no sense why he's still on the team. So after that late night air with Mateo with bases loaded, that would have been the third out. I think at that time it would have just been one to three even though the Orioles didn't score anything after that, so it wouldn't have mattered, but it's just, you got to go. You've given them way too many chances, and I'm sure most of you would agree. All right, let's get some emails right now. First one's from a gentleman by the name of Michael. He's a Red Sox fan. It's okay. Love hearing from other fans out there in the world of baseball. He says, love your podcast. So there you go. I'm already friends with him. He says, I'm a Red Sox fan living in New York City for almost 30 years amongst the vile Yankee fans. As a native New Englander growing up in the Earl Weaver days, the O's were an organization that always commanded much deserved respect. So when I transferred to Baltimore for work in 2011 through 2013, it was sheer heaven being able to walk to Camden many, many, many times. He says, my $9 ticket was all that was needed to watch games from the flag porch above the bullpen, behind the dugout, or Section 58, which was conveniently situated in front of the Free State Pub, where Chuck knew what beer I was drinking, depending on the weather. Of note, Nate, while living in Balmer, he spells it B-A-L-M-E-R, Balmer, going down Balmer, he says, I took repeated anecdotal surveys of which fans were considered to be more obnoxious and undesirable and the Yankees were the clear winner or loser, as the case may be, and is and always will be. Now, to my point slash question, he says, is it me or do the O's get below average media coverage despite being a top three team in all of the MLB all freaking season long? He says, thanks for being a source of O's information, entertainment, and pride every week. That's from Michael. Michael, thank you so much for the email. And... Look, like I've always said, I love hearing from other fans. I think the only hate I've ever gotten for all the years of doing the podcast was, believe it or not, a Nats fan. Uh, Some guy wrote in, was pissed off. I've told the story before. He said, you know, fuck you. Nats are great. And he says, I'm going to give you a one-star review (laughs) on uh, Apple Podcast. I think he did. Anyway, uh, Michael, thank you so much for the email. Look, I got to say, I've never thought the day would ever come where I'd feel sorry for a Red Sox fan, but a Sox fan living in New York city. oof, that's a rough one. And yeah, I agree. I used to go back and forth, which team I always mention this on the podcast, which fans are the worst. As you know, I'm always going back and forth. I think I've gone. Number one is Toronto, but the Yankees, I got to agree with Michael. They maybe tied number one with Toronto. I went to the Yankees game. Uh, Friday night when Santander blasted that walk-off in right field. Uh, It was a pain in the ass, two-hour delay. Everybody's standing around crammed. I tweeted out a photo. It looked like Mardi Gras 
of everyone uh, squeezed in the stadium. Everyone had to come inside uh, because it was lightning. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, I just always get reminded of how fucking obnoxious it is going to a Yankees game with their fans. Like at the end of the first inning, I told my buddy, I was like, God damn, I'm so reminded quickly how much I hate being uh, at a Yankees game. And I've mentioned on this podcast before that I don't go to Yankee games anymore, but I did, you know, and I was again reminded how bad it was. So, Michael, I feel sorry for you for living in New York City, being a Red Sox fan. I'm sure you stayed strong. You continued to be a Red Sox fan. Hopefully you continued to wear your Red Sox gear walking around New York City. And I also think that's cool. Michael uh, went to Camden Yards. He lived in Baltimore from 2011 to 2013, as he says, Baltimore. Oh, he said that on here, too. Going down Baltimore. Going down CMOs. Uh, $9 tickets. Yeah, why not take advantage of that? Hell, yeah. That's why uh, Yankee fans and Red Sox fans always fill up the stadium at Camden Yards. Why not take that drive? Probably save a couple hundred dollars going to an Orioles game because it's absolutely ridiculous how much it costs to go to a Yankees and Red Sox game. I feel bad for those fans, some of those fans. Yankee fans, I don't feel bad at all. Uh, but yeah, I think that's cool that, you know, Michael being a Red Sox fan's like, hey, I've noticed that the Orioles don't get much love in the media. What's up with that? And I always thought it was funny anytime I'd hear Oriole fans say that. It's like, well, maybe we're biased. Maybe we we just think that, you know, it's because it's our favorite team and they should be talked about all the time. But no, I, I hear fans outside the Orioles' birdland. Yeah, the Orioles don't get that much love. And they're just not a sexy team to talk about. They're not a big market team. I think now uh, we're in August. I've noticed networks and you know MLB network. Yeah, they're talking about the Orioles more. They almost kind of have no choice but to talk about the Orioles right now. But I think knowing how bad the Orioles have been for so long, I think sometimes they're hesitant to make a big deal, uh, knowing that uh, you know are the Orioles for real? Well, yeah, they're for real now. So yes, they're getting talked about a little more. But uh, Michael, I that's a great point. I appreciate that pointing that out. You know. Being a Red Sox fan, being like, huh, this is interesting. Orioles don't get as much love as they should. But yeah, just still, look, big markets, they're always going to get the majority of the conversation. And uh, the Orioles, not so much. But now, like I said, you kind of have no choice. You got to talk about those Orioles. So again, Michael, thank you so much uh, for the email. And like I said, I uh, it, it's, it, I don't think I've ever thought to myself that I was going to feel sorry for a Red Sox fan. But look, Love making friends with everybody around the world of baseball. That's what I'm saying right there. So, again, Michael, thank you for uh, tuning into the show. And love to hear from you again. All right, here's another one from a gentleman by the name of Ryan. He says, what's up, Nate? How about those fucking Orioles? He says, just wrapped up the series win against Tampa Bay. And to say I'm stoked is an understatement. Went and saw Jackson Holiday yesterday and saw him hit his first double-A home run. The kid is a fucking stud. He says, I'm listening to your episode with Paul and wanted to write in about superstitions. Uh, by the way, Paul and I were later in the episode, we're talking about sports superstitions and how the, the stupid shit that uh, we do while watching a game. Anyway, Ryan continues. He says, for the shit I do with that and the Orioles, I genuinely think I need a therapist. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, Ryan. He says, if the Orioles win, I'll wear socks, shirts, hats, you name it. All the same until they lose. It's a problem. If my wife is in the room and shit goes south, I tell her to leave. If something good happens, she can't leave. 
It's everything. It's a problem. Oh, well. As long as the Orioles win, who gives a shit? He says, I'm headed to the Orioles-Phillies game Tuesday. If me and my dad don't brawl with some of those frauds, it will be a miracle. Hope all is well. Let's go O's. That's from Ryan. Now, the next day, so Ryan went to the series, the the Tuesday game. I think that was the walk-off, unfortunately. Cano came in. The Orioles were up by one. Yeah, that, that, that was just an awful series. It seems like a series that the Orioles could have easily swept. I think they were winning each game. It was just one, look, one of those shitty series. 162 games, that's going to happen. But I just Phillies and their fans, you know, you just hate to see him celebrate. But anyway, so I think Ryan, <laughs> he wrote back the next day after that loss. Of course, uh, had a bitter taste in his mouth. He goes, Nate, me and the Pops went to Citizens Bank Park last night for what should have been Mateo's last game on this team. Now, before I continue his email, how many fucking times have we said that about Mateo? I think if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I'd be a millionaire. Anyway, he continues. I still am sick to my stomach that I witnessed that with my own two eyes. I made a pact last night that I'll never go back to that shithole Philly sports complex. The fans are the worst. Bryce Harper is a fucking tool. Schwarber is a fat slob. I hate it all. And the way that game ended made me want to vomit all over. That's all I have today. Go O's. It's from Ryan. Like I said, I always want to hear what's on your mind, guys. If you feel you need to vent, vent away. Love to hear from you. And that's what happened with Ryan. It was that fucking walk-off. And and look, I've never been to Philly Stadium. I uh, have talked about it before pertaining to football. I've heard that, you know, I have friends and family who have gone to almost every football stadium, and they said Philly was the worst. Philly fans were the absolute worst. Um, I've only known a couple people who've gone to Philly games, and each of them said they almost got into a fight. They, They were getting heckled worse than, you know, any Yankee or Red Sox fans. So, Basically, when I'm talking worst fans, I'm always talking about our division. But from what sounds like all of baseball, maybe it's Philly fans. I don't know. I got to look into that. So, Ryan, uh, you know, tough night. That was a tough game. But being there, I'm sure if you're wearing your Orioles gear, walking back to the car after a walk off. Yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, But I, I agree. Bryce Harper, he is an absolute tool bag. I've always hated him. I've expressed many times on this podcast that Bryce Harper is an absolute douchebag. He's been douchey since the first day he's come up in the league. He rocks around like his shit doesn't stink. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, my God. You're 20 years old making millions of dollars. Boy, oh, boy, do you have a chip on your shoulder, you douchebag. So Ryan wanted to write in and vent all about uh, his night at uh, Philly. Uh, But before that, talking about seeing Jackson hitting his home run, double A. I can't wait to see Jackson. I think he'll be coming up this season. It's not that much of a hot take, but the rumors are that, yes, he will be part of the 40-man, and uh, we're we're going to hopefully see some Jackson holiday action coming up. Uh, Pertaining to (laughs) superstitions, Ryan wanted to add on that as well, talking about wearing shirts and hats and wearing the same shit until they lose, telling his wife to leave the room and come back. It's basically what Paul and I were talking about, some of the superstitions we have. It always sounds like it's similar to the other fans, you know, telling someone to leave the room or come back. Um, I, pertaining to clothes, I think there, there is a shirt that I, if, if the Orioles win, like I'm going Friday night, if the, or, the, the shirt that I wore during the walk-off, Last Friday night, yes, I'm going to wear again. Absolutely, I'll do shit like that for sure. 
But Ryan hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, you talk about it to somebody of what you do for superstitions, hopefully helping your team win. You need therapy. <laughs> you fucking nuts. We're crazy. Always said that. Sports fans are crazy. And the shit that we do to help out our team, if it has to do with wearing socks and shirts, fuck it. Why not? That I was even talking about my mom. Said that last week, talking to Paul. She won't turn on the game. If she see, if she turns it on and the Orioles are winning, she turns it off. <laughs> God bless her. She truly thinks it, it, it works. And my mom is a very level-headed, smart, intelligent person. And even her gets involved in the sports superstition. It's a thing. You can't escape it. I uh, got one more email here that came in from David. Uh, so anyway, Ryan, appreciate all the emails. So far, guys, I just love it. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, hey, Nate, it's been a while since I wrote in, but after watching the game last night, I just had to write in. The game was probably the game of the year. Now, he's talking about Santander uh, with the walk-off last Friday night. Uh, again, the one that I was at. He says, the pitching, the defense, the walk-off, I felt like last night you could clearly see that this team is full of confidence, confidence that they belong. Those plays by Frazier and Santander, two guys that metrics-wise are below-average defenders, they were in pure competitor mode. You could see the determination to win at all costs. Really gives me the feeling we can make a push. He says, just some quick other notes. I went to the game against Miami two Saturdays ago, and that was the first time I got to experience the Baltista walkout. Holy shit, man, that's electric. Can you imagine that in the playoffs? That place is going to go nuts. Lastly, my first email to you this season was in response to how we felt about the O's outlook this season. I told you that I expected them in the playoffs, and my magic number was 94. We are staring down the barrel of what that I'm sorry, we are, we are staring down the barrel of that being a reality, but I couldn't predict this. First place, oh, how good it feels. That's from David. Hell yeah, David. Absolutely, it feels great. And yes, you are right. That game uh, last Friday night, the walk-off, one of the greatest games. Frazier playing great defense. Uh, Santander saving the game in right field with a fabulous play. That was crazy. And it was funny when I was sitting, I think it was like, 1230 quarter of one in the morning and um, I was kind of getting tired although my adrenaline was starting to build because we're like all right we're in the bottom of the ninth Adley you know didn't get on base there's one out and I'm thinking oh my god I'm not gonna get home till two in the morning boom walk off see you later going home uh but yeah David absolutely that was one of the greatest games uh, of this season to watch especially knowing it was the Yankees I'm also talking about Bautista Coming out with the lights going off and the music and the crowd getting into it. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? In the playoffs at home, packed stadium, him coming in, to if he's coming in to save the game, holy shit, that stadium is going to be electric. But I also agree with you, David. I predicted the Orioles to do well. Uh, but first place, no. I, I think a lot of us are surprised. Of course, you're going to have a lot of I told you so fans out there. I told you they were going to be first place in the division. But I did not have them being first place in the division in August. And what's impressive is knowing how good the division is. That just goes to show you these Orioles are so goddamn good. So much fun. But yeah, this episode, I felt like I was just trying to uh, catch up like when you've been out of work for a while. <laughs> Got to catch up on some work. There's some emails. Uh, and then obviously this week with not doing the show. And then all of a sudden uh, the trade with the trade deadline, Michael Elias, just a lot of things I wanted to go over. 
and I'm going to continue to go over. There's so much I wanted to talk about today. I'm just going to say for next week, uh, still want to hear from you guys. How do you feel about the uh, pickup with Jack Flaherty? Were you upset thinking, you know, obviously they sh- he should have done more. I think regardless, yeah, the answer is, of, of course, we were all hoping he was going to do more. But what was the price he was going to have to pay? And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I get that he didn't want to give away the farm. No pun intended. But you know, if they were asking for Jackson Holiday, you y- couldn't do that. You can't do that. That guy, absolutely not. I don't care what the situation is. You can't give him away. I just hope Elias wasn't too stingy. You know, if Holiday wasn't in the conversation, why didn't you do it then? But, you know, we weren't there. So, anyway, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Don't forget, write in if you want to be part of the drawing. Uh, like I said, there's still a lot I wanted to get to today, but I'm just going to go ahead and save that for next week. Lots to talk about coming up. Woo, we are getting closer to the playoffs. Want to hear what's on your mind. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you.